Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. Welcome to Top 5 from The Ray Taylor Show, where each week I rank movies in a variety of categories, from franchise and subgenre to directors and actors. No film is left unwatched as I break down my top five picks. So join me every Sunday for new episodes and get ready to dive into the world of film with Top 5 from The Ray Taylor Show. On this episode, I am ranking my top five favorite Catherine Bigelow films. Catherine Bigelow is an acclaimed American film director, producer, screenwriter, known for her work in the action and thriller genres. Bigelow is often recognized for her unique visual style, intense storytelling, and her ability to depict gritty and realistic portrayals of violence. Throughout her career, Catherine Bigelow has often been recognized for her contributions to cinema and her ability to navigate male-dominated genres. Her films are characterized by intense action sequences, strong visual aesthetics, and compelling narratives. Bigelow continues to be trailblazing. Uh, she, to be she, uh, Bigelow continues to be a trailblazing figure in the film industry, challenging con, uh, conventions and inspiring uh, aspiring filmmakers with her body of work. Uh, this is uh, I have noticed that I have failed to include more female actors and directors to the point where I feel like this might be the first, <laughs> which is horrible, which is very horrible. Uh, I noticed while going through reorganizing, setting up pages on my website, just seeing the, the things I've done before, and I was ashamed. I'm shamed. I'm a shameful. This is a horrible thing. That I am going to be eradicating. I'm eradicating. I'm going to be changing. So expect more. Of course, next week I'm doing uh, James Cameron. Which at one point James Cameron and Catherine Bigelow were an item. So despite the fact next week I'm doing another mail, but Avatar Two came out. So anyway, I, I digress. I am going to be doing more top fives in the works for female actors and directors. So look forward to that. And this kicking off with my first, I believe, my first female director so far in top five, which is very, it's embarrassing, but I thought I'd point it out. With my first top five Catherine Bigelow films. These are movies that she directed specifically, despite she being involved in different ways in films. These are, I watched all of her movies from her first to her last, and I rank them. And now I'm going to be counting down, down those movies with you. Uh, this first movie, starting off with number five, this is a movie that I had not seen, uh, but a movie that I remember when it came out, looking forward to. It was in a time where I was starting to review, watch and review movies a little bit more. But for whatever reason, didn't get out to the movies to watch this movie. One thing with Catherine Bigelow movies that I've noticed is they are at times difficult to watch uh subject matter including war there's a lot of her films depicting uh the the wars the seemingly unending wars in the middle east uh there are movies that depict uh more domestic wars that are going on uh there are some more light-hearted action movies uh but there some of her movies are a little bit tough to watch this being one of those movies 
and possibly that being why it is at number five. Still a great movie, but definitely one of the movies of hers that is difficult to watch and is, despite the fact that it's accurate, I believe it's a very accurate portrayal of events. This is based on a true story. These are based on true events. Uh, it is still, it still makes me angry to know that we live in a world that really hasn't changed that much. So that being said, with my fifth favorite Catherine Bigelow film is Detroit. This is a historical crime drama released in 2017. Uh, the movie is set during the racially charged 12th Street riot that took place in Detroit, Michigan on July 1967. It explores the events of the Algiers Motel incident where three young African-American men were killed and several others were brutally beaten by members of the Detroit Police Department. So, as I like to highlight, anytime a movie accurately portrays police i appreciate it and i say this one is by far the most accurate portrayal of literally how evil police are and how the institutionalized racism of police departments can be the absolute most evil things done by police and this that's one of the reasons why this movie is so difficult to watch painful to watch because not only was it something happening back then, but sadly is something that is happening right now. And for whatever reason, we continue to increase police budgets. We reward this type of behavior with increasing their budgets. And there seems to be very little to no oversight. It is so rare that police are ever held accountable for the evil things that they do and this movie just kind of highlighting that uh, the film focuses on the lives of several characters caught up in the turmoil of the riots and the subsequent incident at the algiers motel it depicts the escalating tension between the predominantly african-american residents and the largely white police force highlighting themes of systematic racism police brutality and the abuse of power Detroit features an ensemble cast including John Boyega, Will Poulter, Algie Smith, Jacob Leitmeyer, and Anthony Mackie, and Hannah Murray. John Boyega portrays a private security guard named Melvin Dismukes who becomes a witness to the events of the Algiers Motel. Will Poulter delivers a chilling performance as a racist police officer named Philip Kraus. Who, play, who plays a certain role in the brutality that occurs. The film received positive reviews from critics for its intense and gripping portrayal of the events as well as the performances of the cast. It was praised for its unflinching examination of racial tension and the abuse of power, highlighting the continued relevance of these issues in contemporary society. Despite the critical acclaim, Detroit did not achieve significant commercial success at the box office. Obviously, it's, I can see why it's tough. First off, the audience that would want to go see this is limited because, sadly, there is a large 
portion of the population in this country that is unwilling to admit or believe that these sorts of things happened or continue to happen. So right off the bat, there's a huge portion of the population that views this movie and similar films that discuss similar things as works of fiction. And then the other portion of the population that agrees and is aware of and uh, knows of these things that happen, happened and continue to happen, uh, we see them happening so regularly in the news to pay to go see a movie detailing one of the events, one of the most brutal events that involved this sort of uh, evil behavior by the police uh, is probably something people don't want to go to the movies for. Plus, 2017, we were also uh, being, we were under a president who largely was able to corral all of the people who would disagree and ignore the reality of of the events of this movie so i can understand why this maybe didn't do very well this isn't a movie that's going this is not a superhero movie this is not a form of escapism people were not going to the movie theater to watch uh detroit in order to just be more upset with the reality of systematic racism in this country so not surprising but it's still a, a, a great movie i mean as far as the artistic merit and Catherine Bigelow's ability to tell tough stories. This is this is one of the examples. Uh, however, despite the lack of commercial success, it remains an important film in Catherine Bigelow's filmography, showcasing her commitment to addressing social and political issues through her work. Detroit serves as a reminder of the historical struggles facing the African American population and the need for continued dialogue and understanding to address the issues of racial in inequity and injustice. The film continues, uh, contributed, I'm sorry, the film contributes to the ongoing conversation about the relationship uh, between law enforcement and minority communities, making it a thought-provoking and impactful piece of cinema. That is why, coming in at number five, my fifth favorite Catherine Bigelow film is Detroit. Moving on to another movie that in many ways is similarly frustrating and uh, depressing to see, but was, I mean, it's a great movie and understandably well-received and well-regarded and well-liked film. Coming in at number four, my fourth favorite Catherine Bigelow film is zero dark 30 this is a movie i had not seen and is a movie i thought was different and there might be a movie that is what i thought but a different movie uh, i thought this was an action movie only uh, like i was expecting it to be like a michael bay action movie about seal team six killing al-qaeda or killing bin laden uh, which this movie is part of that is that event but it is definitely more of a dramatic film, almost kind of like Traffic in a way. Um, a, a bigger film really encompassing all the events that led up to that and the work behind the scenes that went up to uh, finding and, and, and killing Bin Laden. So 
had a different perspective my assumptions of this movie and there probably is a michael bay movie that is similar to what i'm thinking this movie was but once i watched it it is a bummer because this does depict aspects of the united states government that i don't like it 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 ha- there's issues that i have with the reality of this situation um and in some ways this is a form of military propaganda as you know not specifically but it you know it's um i don't know it's a difficult movie but life is difficult nothing is clear cut and easy everything has a lot to uh make make it difficult and make things uh i don't know anyway number four fourth favorite zero dark 30 uh dramatic thriller released in 2012 the movie chronicles the real life hunt for osama bin laden Uh, the leader of the terrorist organization Al-Qaeda. Following the September 11th attacks in the United States, the film primarily follows the character of Maya, portrayed by Jessica Chastain, a CIA intelligence officer who becomes obsessed with finding bin Laden. Maya, along with a team of dedicated CIA operatives, spends years gathering intelligence, following leads, and navigating the complex web of international terrorism zero dark 30 offers a gritty and realistic depiction of the intelligence gathering process showcasing the moral and ethical challenges faced by those involved in counterterrorism operations the film explores the controversial methods employed such as enhanced quote-unquote enhanced interrogation techniques uh, may be construed as torture and inhuman Uh, and raises questions about their efficacy and moral implications. Uh, The latter part of the movie focuses on the planning and execution of the raid on bin Laden's compound in uh, Abbottabad, Pakistan, which ultimately resulted in his death on May 2nd, 2nd, 2011. The raid is portrayed as... Uh, are, is portrayed with intense detail, highlighting the high-stakes nature of the operation. The film received critical acclaim for its powerful storytelling, realistic portrayal of events, and strong performances. Jessica Chastain's performance as Maya garnered uh, particular praise, earning her Academy Award nomination for Best Actress. The film was also nominated for several other Academy Awards, including Best Picture and Best Original Screenplay. Zero Dark Thirty sparked controversy and debate due to its depiction of torture and its uh, representation of historical events. Some criticized the film for endorsing or justifying the use of torture, while others defended its portrayal as a reflection of reality of the time. I, like, this is such a weird argument like showing things accurately as they were and being mad at the fact that those things like it in in many ways it's similar to the arguments that people have against teaching kids the accurate history of slavery right some people like it's offensive it's offensive to slavery was offense surprise slavery is offensive and because it's offensive and it's horrible and disgusting 
some people don't want that to be depicted or talked about. They want to sweep that under the rug. While others understand the need for learning history so that we don't repeat ourselves. It's important to know how inhuman people were acting at a certain time in order to make sure we don't do that again. And sh this movie showing accurately, hopefully, the torture that was involved of people, some potentially innocent people being tortured, is good to show that as an American government, we did horrific things to people and we somehow justified those actions for the greater good or whatever. And I think it's better to have those things exposed than to pretend like things are all jolly and nothing really bad happened. And I think they come from the same thing. I think on their face, I, th I think people might not realize that a lot of these complaints people have against the reality of a situation aren't good. They are, they are not beneficial to ignore the realities of situations. And it's important to see how inhuman America can be and has been throughout its history right versus what you tend to see in a lot of situations in a lot of movies ending up being far more propaganda where everything is overly justified the the crimes of this country that we do are downplayed while the atrocities that we accuse other people are are highlighted and villainized far more so I don't know. It's it's very interesting to see how the complaints of this film are so similar to what you're seeing in the complaints that in certain states of people not wanting actual history to be taught because it's too because it makes it makes white kids feel bad, which isn't tr it sh shouldn't be true. Shouldn't be true. It sh I mean it should make you feel bad, but it shouldn't make you feel bad personally. It should make you feel bad in the same way this make, should make you feel bad. It should make you feel bad in the same way Detroit makes you feel bad. That I can't believe we did this at one point. I can't believe humans are doing these sorts of things. And we need to stop them from doing these sorts of things. The film generated discussion about the ethics and uh, counterterrorism practices and the line between fact and fiction in historical dramas. Obviously, you also have to take everything with a grain of salt in movies to think that even documentaries are 100% unbiased. Like, And especially any movie involving the military. Like, there's... Like, most movies that involve the military have to be approved by the Pentagon and generally are given notes to change things. So there's always a level of censorship and propaganda in anything involving the military that comes out of the United States. So I don't know. So you have to take everything with a grain of salt, right? When, when it, which is 
at the end, if anybody's seen the show Barry, great HBO show, the way that series ends with a Hollywood depiction of Barry. And it's so on point how they make him seem like a hero versus watching the show. You know what the reality was for this fictional world. And it's clear that's how they would depict him as a hero, as somebody who's, yeah. So it's, it's yeah, you got to take everything with a grain of salt. Overall, Zero Dark Thirty is a gripping and thought-provoking film that delves into complexities and moral dilemmas of the global war on terror. It stands as a testament to Catherine Bigelow's ability to tackle sensitive and politically charged subjects while delivering a compelling cinematic experience. I thought it was a good movie. I mean, difficult. They're not my fav- It's not my favorite movie. It's not a movie that I'm like, oh, I can't wait to watch Zero Dark Thirty again. Similar to Detroit. Like, these aren't feel-good movies, but I'm glad I watched them. And it really does show how good of a storyteller and a director Catherine Bigelow is. Let's take a quick break from this episode because I want to talk about, are you looking for the perfect gift for that art lover in your life? Look no further than InspireDisorder.com. Our gift cards can be used to purchase original artwork from the many faces, a collection of over 2,000 original abstract ink portraits. These one-of-a-kind pieces make for a truly unique and meaningful gift. But that's not all. Our gift cards can also be used to purchase high-quality prints and t-shirts featuring these amazing paintings. Plus, if the recipient is a fan of The Ray Taylor Show, they can use the gift card to purchase merchandise from the show as well. So why wait? Head on over to InspireDisorder.com and purchase a gift card today. Your loved one will be sure to appreciate the thought and creativity behind such a unique gift. Thank you for considering InspireDisorder.com for all of your gift needs. And now, back to the show. Let's move on to my third favorite Catherine Bigelow film. This is a film that uh, I don't think I'd watched it since around it came out. I think probably watched it once or twice uh, once it was released on DVD. I had this, I'm sure I had this movie on DVD uh, when this is definitely in my wheelhouse of buying DVDs. Uh, Becoming a number three, my third favorite Catherine Bigelow film is The Hurt Locker. This is a war drama, again, released in 2008. This movie follows an elite explosive ordnance disposal team, an EOD team, in the Iraq War. It provides an intense and visceral look at the high-pressure and dangerous work of defusing bombs in a war zone. The film primarily centers around Staff Sergeant William James, played by Jeremy Renner, who joins the Army Bomb Disposal Unit in Iraq. James is a skilled and reckless soldier who thrives on the adrenaline rush of his job. The form, uh, he forms complex dynamic. He forms a complex dynamic with his fellow team members, Sergeant J.T. Sanborn, played by Anthony Mackie, and Specialist Owen uh, Eldridge, played by Brian Jergathy. Jergathy? 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 I don't know how to pronounce that last name. Sorry, Brian. Uh, who struggles to cope with the constant danger and stress. The Hurt Locker offers a character-driven narrative that delves into the psychological toll of war. It explores themes of addiction to danger, the effects of combat stress, and the uh, disconnection between civilian life 
and uh, experienced by soldiers. The film also examines the dynamics between the American military and the Iraq people, portraying the challenges and complexities of the conflict. The movie received widespread critical acclaim for its realistic portrayal of war and its impact on the human psyche. It was particularly praised for its gripping suspense, compelling performances, and immersive cinematography. Catherine Bigelow's direction was widely lauded, and the film went on to win several major awards, including six Academy Awards, including Best Picture, Best Director, making Bigelow the first woman to win the later award the latter award the hurt locker is known for its attention to detail and authenticity capturing the tension and chaos of bomb disposal or operations in a war zone it offers a profound exploration of the psychological and emotional aspects of the warfare leaving audiences with a deeper understanding of the experiences of those who serve in the front lines the film's success marked a significant milestone in Catherine Bigelow's career, solidifying her reputation as a talented, groundbreaking director. The Hurt Locker stands as a powerful and thought-provoking film that continues to be regarded as one of the most compelling war movies of the 21st century. This is a movie, I mean, this is... The, there's slow motion shot the bombs going off slow motion shots you also jeremy renner's character is like in some ways kind of similar to another one of her movies point break kind of the adrenaline junkie um also a, a, a simpler movie than movies like the uh, like uh zero dark 30 or detroit that has a lot of moving parts this is a very simple movie and you know, I, I think it's also one of the movies that really put Jeremy Renner on the map as a great actor um, and a great movie. I mean, this is the simplicity of it, but the the big issues dealing with soldiers, PTSD, what they were dealing with as we invaded Iraq, which is what we were doing. We were lied to after 9-11 by Bush lied to about weapons of mass destruction in Iraq when the whole time we knew it was bin Laden and Al-Qaeda who who did 9/11 but you know that's they sold us on uh, on these these false goods putting us in a never-ending war for 20 years wars plural but uh a great movie this one, I forget what this movie beat out in 2000. Oh, this one beat out Avatar, I think, which I was very happy that it beat out Avatar. Um, a tough movie, but not necessarily as tough as Zero Dark Thirty and Detroit. And because of that, um, you know, you can unplug from it a little bit. Uh, but it's a great movie. That's why it's here at number three. My third favorite Kath Catherine Bigelow film, The Hurt Locker. Moving on to my second favorite Catherine Bigelow film. This is a film that I loved watching as a kid. This is a movie that I had not seen for many, many years. Probably close to 20 years. And recently, it was available out of nowhere on HBO Max, which is now Max. Uh, which I think it might still be available on. But coming in at number two... 
very different uh, movie than the previous movies on this list. Uh, fun. Although it's still, it, it has issues that are similar in some ways to issues of a, a film that's already on this list. But coming in number two, my second favorite Catherine Bigelow film is Strange Days. This is a science fiction thriller that came out in 1995. The movie is set in the near future, at least at the time. Uh, now would be considered an alternate past. Uh, specifically, this film takes place in the final days of the year 1999 in a dystopian Los Angeles plagued by social unrest and pol police brutality. Again, the police brutality aspect of this, you know, similar in some ways to Detroit, although the way this movie handles the police brutality is in a... Uh, copaganda type of a way where it's only a couple of bad apples and there is justice. Um, so the the handling of the police brutality is a bit fictionalized in this movie. Uh, but it is a fun sci-fi movie uh, that at the time took place at a time like Y2K was strangely a weird time. Uh, and n the year 1999, one of my favorite years that I've been alive. Um, so not unlike the reality of the time or the current time, as far as the, having the, the element of police brutality being involved in this film, the film follows the character of Lenny Nero played by Ray Fiennes, a former police officer turned street hustler. Lenny deals in black market technology called squid, which stands for superconducting quantum interface device, which allows users to experience other people's recorded memories and sensations firsthand. Lenny gets entangled in a dangerous conspiracy when he comes into possession of a recording that implicates powerful individuals in a murder. As Lenny tries to unravel the mystery, he teams up with his friend and limousine driver Mace, portrayed by Angela Bassett, together... They navigate the dark underbelly of Los Angeles and face corrupt law enforcement, organized crime, and personal danger. Strange Days explores various themes, including the effect of technology on society, voyeurism, social inequity, and the abuse of power. The film pres presents a bleak and gritty vision of the future society on the brink of chaos, with its depiction of urban decay and population addiction and a population addicted to escapism through virtual experiences. Catherine Bigelow's direction in Strange Days is known for its stylish and immersive, vi and immersive visuals, particularly in the way it c captures the first-person perspectives experienced through the squid technology. Definitely a lot of great first-person uh, moments in this movie the film blends elements of science fiction crime noir and social commentary creating a unique and atmospheric cinematic experience although strange Dave days received mixed reviews upon its release it has gained a cult following over the years it praised it is praised for its ambitious storytelling thought-provoking themes and the performances of its cast particularly Angela Bassett's portrayal of Mace. The film also features a notable soundtrack that incorporates music from various genres, including alternative rock, hip-hop, and electronic music, all of the kind of popular music of the late 90s. Strange Days stands 
as an intriguing entry in Catherine Bigelow's filmography, showcasing her ability to tackle complex narratives and explore darker aspects of society. It remains a notable film within the science fiction genre and offers a compelling vision of a not-so-distant or past future and moral implications of technology on humanity. Uh, this is definitely a Black Mirror type of a story far before Black Mirror ever existed. Uh, this is also a movie that was co-written by James Cameron, which is kind of a crazy... I mean, James Cameron is a guy who knows how, who I will be ranking his top five movies next week, uh, a guy that's really good at world-building within a sci-fi narrative, the majority of his, his films being very sci-fi heavy and really building unique worlds for those movies. And this movie is no different, Strange Days. A great movie, and a movie I absolutely loved growing up. Uh, you know, very pivotal time in my in my life, my teen years, my hormones were kicking in. There's some sexiness to this movie, but also the noir mystery and investigation of it is great. Uh, and in rewatching it, I really noticed the whole unrealistic aspects of the uh, few bad apples being uh, arrested and taken care of, which you don't really see in reality when it comes to law enforcement. But Strange Days, my second favorite Catherine Bigelow film. Let's take a quick break from this episode to talk about are you a fan of art, movies, and all things entertainment? Then you need to check out youtube.com slash inspired disorder. Our page is jam-packed with all kinds of great content, including making of videos of the many faces and ongoing art series of abstract ink paintings. But that's not all. We also feature daily episodes from the Ray Taylor Show, a podcast that brings you movie reviews, TV show reviews, episode recaps, opinions on news and entertainment and much more there's also a weekly diary and top five movie rankings of a variety of categories and if that wasn't enough we've also got how-to videos covering all kinds of topics so why wait head on over to youtube.com slash inspired disorder and start exploring the amazing content we have to offer and now back to the show moving on to my favorite Catherine bigelow film this is a movie that i've seen by far the most out of all of her films this is the movie i grew up watching this is a movie that i love i've watched it multiple times over the years not just growing up but i watch this movie every couple years i will put it on i will find a reason to watch this movie and it's a great movie um easily my number one wasn't really expecting anything else to dethrone this movie as my favorite but was open to it, was definitely open to it, but nothing did. Uh, and this movie is, is so great, and I'm happy that it's here as my favorite Catherine Bigelow film. At number one is Point Break, which is an action thriller that came out in 1991. And I'm not talking about the remake. The remake is garbage. The only good Point Break movie is the 1991, directed by Catherine Bigelow. The movie revolves around the story of an FBI, I'm an FBI agent who goes undercover, infiltrating a group of bank-robbing surfers. The film follows Johnny Utah, played by Keanu Reeves, 
a young and ambitious FBI agent, Utah is assigned to investigate a series of bank heists carried out by a gang known as the ex-presidents due to their use of masks depicting former U.S. presidents during the robberies. To get closer to the criminals, Utah immerses himself in the Southern California surfing culture and befriends a charismatic surfer named Bodie, uh, portrayed by Patrick Swayze. As Utah becomes more involved with Bodie and his gang, he finds himself drawn into their adrenaline-fueled lifestyle and philosophical approach to life. However, he must balance his growing loyalty to his new friends and his duty as an FBI agent, leading to a thrilling and morally complex conflict. Point Break is known for its exhilarating action sequences, particularly its surfing and skydiving scenes. The film captures the thrill-seeking nature of extreme sports and explores the concept of seeking an ultimate rush. It blends elements of crime, action, and romance, offering a mix of intense action set pieces and moments of introspection. The film's cast, including Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze, delivers memorable performances. Reeves embodies the earnest and determined FBI agent, while Swayze portrays the enigmatic and charismatic leader of the surf gang. Their on-screen chemistry and dynamic between their characters add depth to the narrative. Point Break received a positive reaction upon its release and has since become a cult classic. It has been praised for its exciting action sequences, engaging story, and memorable characters. The film's influence can be seen in subsequent action films and its impact on popular culture. Catherine Bigelow's direction in Point Break showcases her ability to handle action-packed scenes while exploring deeper themes of loyalty identity and the pursuit of extra uh, uh the pursuit of extraordinary the film remains a significant entry in bigelow's filmography and continues to be celebrated for its blend of adrenaline fueled action and thought-provoking storytelling so good i love this movie so much uh it's also got gary Busey. Uh, playing the partner of Utah. Um, this is a movie. I was growing up. Uh, I had a friend that moved to Hawaii. And I would sometimes spend summers with him in San Diego. A few times was able to go to Hawaii. And uh, did a lot of boogie boarding. And kind of dabbled in longboard surfing. So I loved surf culture. Uh, obviously I grew up in Southern California. Not necessarily at the beach. But. Also, skydiving. This was the movie that I watched before I went skydiving the first time. Uh, it's, it's one of my favorite movies in general. Easily my favorite Catherine Bigelow film. Uh, I think the, the team-up of Patrick Swayze and Keanu Reeves in this movie is great. Keanu Reeves had some great movies in the 90s, some great action movies like Speed, and then at the end of the 90s with The Matrix, and now with John Wick. I mean, you want to talk about somebody who has had some of the best action movies and franchises in the action genre. Uh, Keanu Reeves is, is one of the best. And uh, Patrick Swayze, so good in this one as well. And uh, so so much fun. So good, and I enjoyed re-watching it again for this list in preparation for this list. 
Uh, but coming in number one, my favorite, by far my favorite. I've, it's it's fun. It's got the crime element. It's got the difficult nature when he finds out that his buddy Bodie is is the is actually part of the the ex presidents. So good. Um, I love this movie, and that's why it's here at number one. Honorable mentions: K nine uh, the or K nineteen the Widowmaker. Was a lot of fun as well. World War II, Russian submarine. Uh, actually, not World War II, but it's uh, Cold War. Uh, Russian submarine that's, like, cursed. Uh, like, the the crew has the worst luck. Uh, and also has some interesting actors in the lead roles. Let me pull this up, which I didn't do uh, right away. But K-19. And would have been a movie that... You know, could have been on my list if not for just kind of the cringy Russian accents that you get from Harrison Ford uh, and Sam Spruill. Is that who the other guy was? Uh, yeah. No, Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson and Harrison Ford, they, they are a, a couple uh, great actors. It's just sad that, you know... Because it's about Russians in a Russian submarine, everybody's trying to do a Russian accent, and it is, it is a mixed bag of of Russian accents. Uh, but the movie is great. I really enjoyed it. I, it's a movie that I think I may have seen. It seems like a movie that I had rented at one point as a kid and watched it, and uh, just didn't remember it. But uh, a really good movie, you know, especially a movie kind of like underdog movie this where like everything goes bad and like they're just struggling to not die kind of a a movie um but it's a great movie honorable mention and then you know there's other movies of hers some of her earlier stuff like there was um the loveless which was an early early willem dafoe movie interesting near dark interesting premise uh, Blue Steel, not very good at all, but still still a, a fun movie. You know, I enjoyed watching it. So anyway, Catherine Bigelow, let's recap the list and get out of here, shall we? This is my top five Catherine Bigelow movies. Starting off with number five is Detroit. Number four is Zero Dark Thirty. Number three is The Hurt Locker. Number two is Strange Days, and my number one favorite Catherine Bigelow film of all time is Point Break. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Top 5 from The Ray Taylor Show. I hope you enjoyed my rankings and analysis of my Top 5 Catherine Bigelow films. Let me know how you would rank your favorite Catherine Bigelow films. Are there any of the films that didn't make my list that you feel should make my list? I would love to hear it. Would love to hear your lists. Uh, and join the conversation by leaving a comment or rating on your favorite podcast platform or over on YouTube.com slash Inspired Disorder if you are watching these episodes. And don't forget to tune in next Sunday for an all-new episode. See you again next week for more Top 5. New episodes of The Ray Taylor Show come out every single day. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere our podcasts are found. Binge the full week over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. Buy Ray Taylor Show merch over at InspiredDisorder.com. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace. Oh,
Watch. Today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about, everything that you've been wanting, every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real. Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality.